2 Timothy chapter 4. And um, I want to give you four things today that as we labor, as we serve, we need to keep in remembrance. Four things that we need to keep in remembrance. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, let's begin in verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this afternoon. We ask for the next few moments that you would once again guide our hearts and our minds and our thoughts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have free reign to do as he would see fit. May we learn something from this passage that will serve to strengthen us, to motivate us, to embolden us as we do the work that you've called us to do. And so, Father, aid us in the preaching today. And may, uh, may your word do its work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> the uh, passage that we've just read, I think Paul is charging Timothy and giving him some final uh, words of, of encouragement and things to remember. Uh, he is very near the end of his ministry. He knows that te- death is coming. I believe the Lord had uh, given him that understanding and knowledge that he was going to soon be departing. And he leaves Timothy with some final words of instruction here. And uh, verse number 2, uh, as we look in this, it says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering." And doctrine, and so I would look at verse number two of this passage and say uh, Paul is kind of summarizing or readdressing, reissuing, and instituting what the work is that we're supposed to be doing. Uh, understanding now, I understand Paul or that Timothy was uh, a pastor uh, was going to be a pastor here, and uh, Paul was teaching him this thing. But the truth is, every one of us are to be preaching the word of God. Uh, it is to be proclaimed with authority and with power and with might. Uh, we're to take it to a lost and a dying world. And uh, the fact that we're to be instant in season and out of season uh, shows the preparation that we should take in knowing and rightly handling the Word of God. Uh, and then he goes on to say that we're to reprove, uh, or, I'm sorry, yeah, reprove, rebuke, and exhort the Word of God with all long suffering and doctrine, the urgency of this. And so I would look at verse number two and say this is the work that Paul is kind of. Uh, putting it all in a nutshell for Timothy, saying this is the work that God has for you to do. But I believe that the verses surrounding this, the the paragraphs and sentences Paul puts before and after this, uh, are helpful for Timothy to remember some things while doing the work of the ministry. Uh, The first one, I think, we find in verse number 1. The Bible says, I charge thee therefore before God 
and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. And when it comes to our service for the Lord, I think one thing that we must keep in mind, probably above all of the things that we need to keep in mind and keep in remembrance, is that God is watching. God is watching. He sees our service. We will be held accountable. We will give an answer one day as to what we have done in our bodies since the time that we have gotten saved. And we will either suffer loss of reward or we will gain reward based on this. Uh, But oftentimes, I think when it comes to uh, serving, if we're not careful, we will be concerned with uh, those that are our friends watching us. We will be concerned with perhaps maybe the pastor or leadership of the church watching us. We may be concerned with um, maybe not even our own pastor, but the, the, uh, the group that we identify with doctrinally and in practice. We may be concerned with what their thoughts may be of our service. And the truth is, the only person we need to be concerned with when it comes to our service is the Lord Jesus Christ, because He's the one that sees it. His approval is the only one we need on our work. If we need His approval, it will meet the approval of those that are rightly dividing the Word of God. It will meet those, those requirements. And so I want to encourage us that when it comes to our service for the Lord, uh, when the temptation comes to faint because of the hardships uh, or to give up because of the persecution, that we keep in mind that God is watching. God sees it. Hold your place here for a moment. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And again, I understand that the Holy Spirit of God is inspiring Paul to write these words to Timothy. And he's giving these words. They're God-breathed words. But I do believe that God enabled the Apostle Paul to be the recipient of those words and to propagate those words to Timothy because there was validity to Paul's message. Uh, Look with me, if you will, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 23. Paul says this, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides those things which are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is offended and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which confirm my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. Paul... I think, had the, the life and the character and the testimony to back up his message to Timothy. Listen, Timothy, when, when the going gets tough, when it is hard, when the persecution comes, when the trials come your way, when you are ready to faint, 
As I read the list of afflictions that Paul endured in his life and yet remained faithful, how in the world can I ever come to God and say, God, I'm just too tired to do it today? How in the world can I ever come to God and say, God, the persecution is too great for me to do this today? The truth is, Paul knew God is watching. God is watching. It didn't matter what he had to endure. It didn't matter what he suffered. He knew that God was watching. The second thing I think that we need to keep in mind back in Second Timothy chapter 4, we find in verse number 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. You can mark it down, and we need to be reminded of this, uh, that uh, people will not want to hear the message. So we need to give them not what they want, but what they need. People will not want to hear the message. So we will need to give them not what they want, but what they need. Very, very important. We're living in a day where a lot of churches are going out trying to find what people want. And their message has become, well, that's what people want. And the sad fact of the matter is the people are not getting what they need. When it comes to our service to the Lord, I understand having a heart of compassion on people. But we need to give them what is needful. When I go to the doctor because I'm sick, I'll tell you right now, I do not like shots. I don't like needles. I have given blood before when a friend of mine or a family member needed a blood donation. But I don't just go donate blood. I hate needles. If God had intended me to give blood regularly, He'd have put a valve on me somewhere. It, it doesn't happen that way naturally. I don't like needles. But there's something, there is something I know. And that is when I go to the doctor, I don't want him to give me what I want. I want him to give me what I need. Because that is what is helpful to me. And while I may not like what He gives me, I am thankful for it. Because it met the need. And we need to keep in mind that when it comes to our service for the Lord, don't, don't swallow this lie that's going around today that we need to give people what they want. I, I would hope that they would want Scripture, but the truth is the Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And you can rest assured, and he tells Timothy here, there's going to come a time where they will not endure sound doctrine. You can mark it down, Timothy. Give them what they need. Preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. This is the ministry, Timothy. Keep in mind, they're not always going to like what you have to say. But you need to continue to preach it anyway. This is why I believe in the message earlier in the day today, we're in some of the situation we're in. We have become too afraid to preach what is needful. And we have become too accustomed to preaching what is wanted. So Paul teaches this to Timothy. He tells him, Timothy, you need to know this. You need to be aware of it. These are the last words that we know of that Paul sends to Timothy. These are the things that at the end of his life, Timothy's, or Paul's trying to share what wisdom he wants to leave with Timothy as the last words of wisdom. This is it. Timothy, 
there's going to be a time where they're not going to endure sound doctrine. Preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. There's going to come a time where they're not going to endure it. Don't cave into that. Give them what they need. And folks, we've got to hold the line. I, I don't know how long God will have me pastor this church. I hope it's till I die or till the rapture happens. I really do. But if there ever comes a time where this church needs to call another pastor, folks, make sure that you get a man in here that will preach the Word and give you what you need from God's Word. Very, very important that we understand this. Number three, let's look in verse number five. Paul tells Timothy, but watch thou in all things. Watch thou in all things. We, we spoke on this last hour, didn't we, a little bit about this? The idea that we're living in a time where the failure often has been the fact that we don't lift up our eyes and look into the fields. We're not walking circumspectly. We're not seeing the world. Here again, Paul challenges and charges Timothy that before he goes on with the rest of the list here in verse 5, he says, watch thou in all things. Timothy, don't live with your head in the sand. You need to live watchful. You're the watchman on the wall. You're the one that is protecting the flock. You're the one that is getting up and calling out the false doctrines and the false teachers. You're the one that is the, the, the defensive wall. You're the one that is to stand true and to proclaim the gospel. Watch thou, Timothy. Watch thou. Don't be caught asleep. Don't be caught apathetic. Watch thou in all things. Notice what he says here. Watch thou in all things. And then he says this, because I'm sure that if Timothy was as watchful as he should be, as a watchman of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was going to see things that were going to discourage him. Notice what it says here. It says, endure what? Afflictions. Don't get tired of it. You're the watchman. You cannot fail. If the watchman perishes, if the watchman gives an uncertain sound, the city is doomed and those that are in it are doomed. Be the watchman on the wall. Watch in all things. Endure afflictions. Notice this. Do the work of an evangelist. Having seen, be watchful. Having seen those things, he says, endure the afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And then he says this, make full proof of thy ministry. I wrote down here as the third thing that we need to be reminded of in serving the Lord. It is that we need to be watchful in all things. We need to be watchful in all things. Two different times in the earlier message we saw where two different apostles said that we were to look to ourselves, we were to think uh, about the things about our own heart and to look inwardly. Uh, and here again we find Paul uh, teaching Timothy that he needs to be aware of some things. He, he needs to make sure that he doesn't grow apathetic. Uh, he's to endure those afflictions He's to do the work of an evangelist, and he's to make full proof of his ministry. And then lastly, the fourth thing I think that uh, Paul tells Timothy that he needs to remember, and it would do us well to remember these things. Remember that your testimony will follow you. Your testimony will follow you. Notice what he says here. He says in verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered... And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a, what? Good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. There were three areas of Paul's testimony that were important to him. That when it came to the end of his life, he wanted to be able to give a good report of. And 
And yet the truth of it is, Paul really wasn't the one to judge those things, was he? It was those that saw the life of the Apostle Paul. And I would say that the Lord Jesus Christ certainly validated his ministry. But there are three areas of his testimony that were important to the Apostle Paul that we find here. First of all, he said, I have fought a good fight. And I tell you that when it comes to our testimony, we need to fight well. You say, okay, pastor, I'll go down to the recruiting office, and which branch of the military should I join? That's not the kind of fighting we're talking about. There are two things that need to be fought. The first thing that we know from Scripture that we need to fight is our own flesh. And it is a daily battle. In fact, Paul said that he had to put it under subjection. He had to buffet his body daily. The flesh needs to be battled. But secondly, the fight that needs to be fought is against the principalities, against the powers, against the workers of wickedness in high places. Uh, those that would cause the deterioration of our world. And we need to, to combat those things, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. We need to know and handle God's Word. It is a sword, the Bible says, sharper than any two-edged sword, <clears throat> and it piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I was... I was uh, reading through a list, you, you ever get on some of these forums sometimes where people are, are in a debate over some stuff? Any of you ever do that? Ever? I don't do it very often. Occasionally I come across some and I'll read through the, I never get involved in, but I read through. And, and the debate was uh, the existence of God. And some people were saying, oh, that's just a, a fairy tale and, and going on and on. Other people defending it and saying, oh, no, we know it's, it's God. And they give all these logical reasonings for it and everything. And I understand that there's a time and a place to kind of logic through some things. But can I tell you this? They are never going to convince somebody who does not believe in the existence of God with their own philosophy and their own logic. I've had I don't know how many people come to me and say, Pastor, there's somebody I've been talking to. They don't even believe in God. How do I deal with that? And the only thing I know to tell them is use Scripture. God did not say that my logic is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. He didn't say my arguments. He didn't say my, my philosophies. He didn't even say my beliefs. But He said His Word was quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The only way that I know to break through a heart of stone of someone who denies God is to use the Word of God. In these forums, why in the world more people don't uh, start just posting Scripture after Scripture after Scripture on them and let the Bible do its work? The Bible has something that is unique about it. It is supernatural. That means it is beyond our strength. And it is beyond our ability. And it is aided in its propagation by the power of the Holy Spirit that speaks to the heart of a man. You and I can't do that. But he can. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. How do we fight this fight? With our sword. We better know and rightly divide and handle skillfully and be workmen that need not to be ashamed, knowing the Word of God and handling it well. So that when these things come and the battles that we will face in serving the Lord, we can fight the fight well. 
Paul focused on his testimony. He said, I fought a good fight. He knew what it was to put his body down, his flesh down. He knew what it was to bring it into captivity, even his thoughts into captivity. He knew what it was to battle the principalities and the powers. He knew what it was to use God's Word to combat the darkness of his day. He said, I've fought a good fight. The second area of his testimony is, he said, I have finished my course. Not only did he fight well, but he finished well. Can I encourage us in this? I don't know how many times the Bible talks about the fact that we are not to be uh, wearied, we're not, uh, that we're not to faint when we're weary. Um, I think is it Psalm 48 that talks about um, he shall mount up with wings as eagles. That's not it. Not, uh, Psalm 63, isn't it, I think. Uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Bible says that a righteous man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Over and over and over again, it tells us to be strong and of a good courage. It tells us to be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Paul, we just read a few moments ago, knew what it was to be wearied. He knew what it was to be a hungered and a thirst. He knew what it was to be in perils in the deep. He knew what it was to be in perils of his own countrymen and of cities and of townships and all these places that were persecuting him. Paul understood this. And yet in all of that, he said, I have finished my course. I have finished my course. Not only do we need to fight well, we need to finish well. We need to finish well. Uh, years ago, my dad used an expression. I don't know where he got it from. It's, it, some of the old-time Westerns, I think, might have had this expression. But he, they used to call it having grit in your crawl, meaning you just bore down and you endured the affliction. You had some backbone to you. You had some strength. And you continued pressing on. Uh, my dad, I don't, I don't know how many years, it, well, he, he, 39 years he pastored our church, but I don't know how many years uh, he, uh, he said, you know, uh, I, I would have loved to have had uh, more people in the church and see a, a larger work. But as he grew and mature in ministry, I remember a time where he finally became content with what God was going to do. And he made a statement one time around that time period. He said, you know, I, I may not have the same abilities to preach. I may not have the same oratory skills and the same way to word things. I may not have the same charisma in delivery. I may not have uh, the, the same uh, opportunities in the location that I'm at to pastor a church. But he said, as some of these other men are around the country that he looked up to, but he said, you know, one thing I can do, he said, I can be just as faithful as any of them. And the truth is, you take the talents God has given you, and you be faithful with them. You finish the course. You remain steadfast. It doesn't matter what persecutions come. It doesn't matter what perils come. It doesn't matter what dis-ease comes. You, you persevere. You finish well. And then notice thirdly in verse number 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. And to make it easy to remember, I put fight well, finish well, faith well, <laughs> just to make them easier to remember. Let's be faithful unto the end. Be faithful. Maintain our faith. Be fervent in our faith. The Bible says in the book of James that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man 
availeth much. The book of Hebrews gives an entire chapter of doing nothing but looking to people who, by faith, did things. In fact, let's take a moment to look at some of those very quickly. I wasn't going to, but we got time. Let's take a moment and look at them. Hebrews 11. And I love reading through some of these. We're not going to read all of them. I'm going to read down through probably the, the last few here. And uh, verse number 32 of Hebrews chapter 11, after he's already named a bunch of them, Abraham, uh, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, um, Rahab, Gideon, uh, he names a bunch of them. But I want us to look at verse number 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and Jephthah, uh, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith, notice what it says here, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made what? Strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, these all, and these all having obtained a good what? Report. Why? Because they were faithful. Paul reminded Timothy, your testimony will follow you. Fight well. Make sure that you are steadfast. Don't faint in the time of adversity. Finish well and faith well. Why? Because your testimony follows you. Your testimony follows you. So much so that the Bible says in verse number 40 of Hebrews 11, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore? Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin with us so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Four things that Paul tells Timothy or expresses to Timothy that he needs to keep in mind as he's serving. First of all, he needed to remind Timothy God is watching. God is watching. Secondly, he needed to let Timothy know that there were going to be people who would not endure sound doctrine. They were going to want something different. And that he needed to give them what they needed rather than what they wanted. Thirdly, he wanted to remind Timothy to be watching in all things. And lastly, he wanted Timothy to know your testimony will follow you. Your testimony will follow you. When it comes to our service for the Lord... I think it would do us well to remember these four things, to put them into mind, that it will help us to remain faithful, true, steadfast, diligent, fervent, faithful, to do the work that God has given us to do. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside 
every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's stand together and be dismissed. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. May these times where we sit around and look into instruction from Your Word, helpful things, may we learn from them. May we take them and store them in our hearts and apply them to our lives so that we can be more pleasing to You in every aspect of our life. Lord, today we've spent a great deal of time dealing and focusing on 